Welcome to the Grace City Tampa podcast. My name is Alex Damari. Me and my wife, Brianna, are the lead pastors. Our vision is to lead people into a life-transforming relationship with Jesus Christ. We pray that today's podcast will build you up, lift your faith, and encourage you in the journey. Here's the message. If you'd open your Bibles to Matthew 5, we're continuing this series, Blessed Are Those. And this series comes from one of the very first recorded sermons that Jesus preached. It's in Matthew 5, 6, and 7, and it starts off with the Beatitudes. And the Beatitudes simply means supreme blessedness on earth. Supreme blessedness on earth. So Jesus comes out in his debut message and goes, the way to experience supreme blessedness on earth is this. It's talking about our humanity and what our life can truly look like here on earth. Jesus goes into these eight or nine, some people say, upside down statements that are really the way to inherit purpose and happiness and contentment and the joy in this life. Jesus starts off the Beatitudes and says this word blessed nine times. The word blessed means happiness or contentment in this life. If Jesus begins anything and he says the same word over and over and over again, He's, it's like a flashing light. It's like a beam of light saying, we should probably pay attention to this. We should probably lean into the words of what he's saying here. And we should probably try to understand what Jesus wants to say to our lives. See, he's opening the door to the obvious that this thing is important. See, Jesus is giving us footing and a path to live out our humanity in which we can operate in this life in the ways of Jesus and having the kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven, this supreme blessedness. So I'm going to read the Beatitudes. I know we read this the first week. It was two weeks ago we started, but you know, my prayer would be, I'm going to read this every week for the next, we got this week and we got six more weeks of this sermon series. And I pray at the end of it, maybe we could all memorize this scripture. Wouldn't that be amazing? Let's bring back memorizing scriptures. You know what I'm saying? What about the power of this? I think if we could have it locked into our hearts. So I'm going to keep reading this. Matthew 5, 1 through 12, it says this. Now, when Jesus saw the crowds, he went up on a mountainside and sat down. His disciples came to him. So I want us to notice this. This stood out to me this last week. Jesus wasn't just missional. He was also attractional. Jesus not only taught things that drew people to himself, he also lived a life that was desirable for people to follow. It says that he begins to teach them and they came to him. I think that's important to highlight, and this has nothing to do with my message, but I want you to see the approach of Jesus in the fact that he's going, just come. He's, he's living not only a missional life, but an attractional life for people to come and follow him. He's showing the way to live. Verse 2, and he began to teach them, he said, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth, and blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. Blessed are the merciful, for they will be shown mercy, and blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called children of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when people insult you, persecute you, and falsely say all kinds of evil against you because of me. Rejoice and be glad. Everybody say, be glad. Because great is your reward in heaven. For in the same way they persecuted the prophets who were before you. 
We're gonna be focusing on Matthew 5, 4, and this is why I say, maybe it's a little funky for Mother's Day, but blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. The word comfort in the original language is perikleo, which means to find relief, to be encouraged, or to find desire. That's something we could get behind on Mother's Day. To find relief, to be encouraged, or to find desire of your heart. The word blessed in this statement simply means true happiness, contentment, and fulfillment. So that's found when we mourn. And through that, God will comfort you, give you relief, encourage you. I also want to read James 1, 2 through 4 before we pray. Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, when you face trials of many kinds. Because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. Let perseverance finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. Let's pray together. Lord, we thank you today for your word. We thank you that it can speak to us. That this sermon that you preached 2,000 years ago holds just as much truth for us today. I pray we'll lean into that. We thank you that your word is alive and active. I pray it will settle in our hearts, Lord. Give us ears to hear, minds to understand, and hearts to receive it. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Blessed are those who mourn. Blessed are those who mourn. Mourning, it simply means expressing deep sorrow. Mourning is something we often don't highlight. We don't talk about it that much, that we're mourning or grieving. It's actually something that we all go through, either deep, intense sorrow or even minor sorrow. Sometimes because of our passivity of trials or hardships, we even forget to lean into the mourning. Blessed are those who mourn, for they'll be comforted. And too often, because we're so passive, we just, ah, Let's just forget, if I can just pass it, if I can just forget it and move on, I, I won't feel it anymore. You know, for example, Brianna and I, we moved to, to Tampa last year, and there's so many different things you mourn when you move at that big of a, a move. I mean, we were only three hours away from family, and so you mourn like the occasional, hey, mom, could you come over and watch our kids for the night so we could have a break? You know what I'm saying? Anybody else? Nobody else. The moms and dads in the room said amen underneath their breath. You mourn all kinds of things. Something that I just recently realized that I'm mourning uh, here in Tampa, Florida, is really great Asian food. I'm telling you, from Pacific Northwest, there's just something. It's a level up. All right, we're talking, we're talking dim sum, we're talking ramen, we're talking pho, we're talking teriyaki, Thai food. All of it is a level up. And then you come into Tampa, and I just keep looking. It's like a desert here. So if you know of anything, guys, this is your opportunity. You come up after service and you share with me and I will be the tester to tell you if it's good Asian food or not. I'm mourning it. It's different. You know, there was this house that we left in uh, Puyallup, Washington, right underneath Seattle. And for the years that we lived there, I dreamed of putting this tree house in the backyard. There was this stump that was like this big around and it was just chopped off. And when we first went and saw the house, I go, Brianna, I'm going to put a tree house on that. Well, a year and a half into that house, I built this massive treehouse for our kids. It was a dream treehouse. Six months later, we moved away from Puyallup. And still to this day, my kids go, Dad, are you going to build us a treehouse again? 
And I mourn. It's so silly and insignificant. I mourn things like that house. You know, even when Brianna and I moved away from Puyallup, initially went to Beaverton for a year to, to kind of get ready and prep ourselves for planting this church. Uh, when we moved from, from Washington to Oregon, I remember mourning the fact that we had lost friendships or we're going to live away from these friends and, and even moving further away from our family. Those are little things that we all mourn. Anybody else in this life? But then there are bigger things that we mourn. You know, it was probably four, maybe four and a half years ago that my uncle, he had been going through this journey with this rare disease. He had lost complete function of his arms and all of his organs started to shut down and he passed away. Pastor of a church, planted a church in like year 2001, was a legendary pastor in the region of, of Renton, Washington, and he passed away. Those are, those are the things that are more serious that you can mourn in this life. You know, another example of a deep mourning, it was when we first moved here and we're like kind of like figuring out like all of life and like Publix is not the same as the grocery stores we came from. There's all these little things. We actually got together for dinner with uh, Brandon and Alina. Alina led worship up here. She did an amazing job leading us in worship. But we, we went out to, to food with them. It was in March of last year. And we were hustling to get out of the house. Here we go. And we get in the car and we start driving. And it was right uh, by Martin Luther King Jr. Boulevard and I-75. And we're about maybe 20 feet away. And all of a sudden, a Mustang jumps the barrier. It's five feet in the air. And it comes through and gets T-boned and flies off the road. And we're like the only people in the road watching this happen. So we pull off the road real fast. Praise God we're safe. And nothing happened to our minivan. But I got out of the car and I ran to this car that was smoking and gas is pouring out of the bottom. And I run over and I rip open the door and there's this guy named Brandon. He had a, a name badge on from his college. And I, and I rip him out of the car and he starts kind of crawling over and then he falls over and goes, goes unconscious. And, and then I run around the car and the door is jammed in because it got T-boned and I couldn't open it. And so I go inside and I start shouting to people. Some other guys come and help me break the door open. I unbuckle this lady and I push her out of the car. I run over and I grab her and I start to immediately pray. And I saw her name was Jessica with a K. And I remember that so vividly. So I'm holding this lady as she's completely unconscious, barely breathing. And then I see the other lady in the car. I run and get her out of her car. And this was a very intense moment. Well, you know, we wait for the paramedics to arrive. And they come. And I'm still praying for Jessica. I'm praying for Brandon. And I'm believing for a miracle. We put her on the stretcher. We put her in the ambulance. And within five minutes, she passed away. Can I tell you, it was like months that I was feeling that. That I was the last voice in this person's life. That I was the last one to ever pray for this person. And I pray that she knew the love of Jesus. I pray that someone told her at one point. Like that's why we're, that's why we're here, isn't it? We want to make the gospel known so that before people pass away, they can enter into a relationship with Jesus and have an eternity with him. So I'm still praying and believing that that was the case for Jessica. You know, it was interesting. Brianna and I, I got back in the car and all the kids were just like asking a million questions because it had been like an hour I was out there helping everything happen. And we got in the car and we drove to Armature Works and had dinner with Brandon and Alina. I was in shock. 
in the moment, I didn't feel it. I was just like, wow, that was really intense. Like, yeah, that lady just basically died in my arms. And I didn't know what to do with it. And we went along around, you know, we went through that thing. And then it hit me about a week later and I started to mourn this death of someone I didn't even know. Grief and mourning hits us all in different ways. And I know this is kind of heavy, but we could spend the rest of our time together, probably fill an entire year with the stories in this room alone of all the people who have things to mourn. We all have them and we all will. Like we all last year and the year before went through the longest and biggest pandemic that the world has ever seen. And I wonder if any of us have ever even mourned that season of the things we've lost, the friendships we've lost, the hardship we went through, the financial difficulties we faced, the sicknesses, the people that we lost in that season. I wonder if we've even gone through that. We all have things, wouldn't you agree, that we can mourn? Matthew 5, 4, blessed are those, blessed are those. They'll find contentment, purpose, joy, and fulfillment when you mourn, and you will be comforted. You will find relief, and you will find encouragement in this life. So true happiness, contentment, and fulfillment in this life is found when we truly mourn. You know, I think too many of us are just ready for the microwave God, the quick fix, Insta, pocket, whatever it is, God to come in, snap his fingers, and everything's okay. We're just ready. God, just, I don't want to feel that anymore. Just take it away. But, but the word says for us to inherit the blessing and the fulfillment of this life, we actually need to embrace the process of mourning. It's abrasive to us. But we have to understand this supreme blessedness actually comes when we mourn. See, something I realized in all of these situations that I just read whether silly or serious, is every single one of them have a common variable. The common variable is actually time. Every single one of them. Because for me to get over the silly things or the hard things, it's taken time. Even in Brianna and I's, and we're just getting real in this place, in our worst fights in our marriage, uh, we're celebrating nine years of marriage this Wednesday. So exciting. Crazy. Can't believe she's put up with me for that long. But we got four kids, you know, so you're stuck with me. But even in our worst fights, if we step back and we take a little bit of time, we come back with a new perspective, a newfound grace, and we approach it in a different way. Time is so important. Something I've known to be true my entire life is that mourning actually takes time. Even if it's only for a short moment, it could be a short moment. It still takes intentionality to truly lean into that. Psalms 30, 1 through 5 says it like this. Weeping may last through the night, but joy comes in the morning. Do we see this? Weeping may last. So it could be short or it could be long, but it will have a time period. You will mourn and you will weep, but joy will come. That's the promise for you today. Can we lean into that? Joy will come for you. Joy will come. I don't know what burden you came in with today. I don't know what you're mourning. Maybe something I've said today you can identify with. Some hardships, some trial, something you've been facing. Can I tell you, joy is coming in the morning for you, for your family, for your friends. Joy is coming. Amen? Amen. Continues in the scripture. I cried out to you, O Lord. I begged the Lord for mercy, saying, what will you gain if I die, if I sink into my grave? Can my dust praise you? 
Can it tell of your faithfulness? This is like a sob story that is just crying out to God. Verse 10, hear me, Lord. Have mercy on me. Help me, Lord. You have turned my mourning into joyful dancing. You've taken my clothes of mourning and clothed me with joy that I might sing praises to you and not be silent. Oh, Lord, my God, I give you thanks forever. But oh, why, oh, why does it take time? Feels like that's the hardest thing. Don't you wish that you could just wish it all away? Like all of us want quick fixes for things if we're going to be honest. Like we all wish we had more time in our lives. I get to the end of every day and I'm like, where did the time go? Like we're already in May 8th of 2022. Like where did the time go? Like we'll, we'll be in line in traffic and you're like, why is this taking so long? You'll download a new app and like your Wi-Fi is shoddy and you're like, what is happening to my phone right now? Apple slowed it down or whatever, whatever conspiracy you believe in. Like we all can't stand when things actually take us time. But that's where James 1, 2 through 4 comes in. Consider it pure joy. Ooh, this is going to be harder. This is going to be easier said than done, and this is going to be hard for us to capture. Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever. So not, not if, but when. Not if, but when you face the trials of many kinds. Because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. Let perseverance finish its work so that you may be mature and complete. Trans translated from the, the Greek, that word complete means, it's uh, teleos, which means perfect. So the work may make you mature and perfect, not lacking anything. See, God is doing something in you that you don't even know. He's developing something inside of you. Not that he's causing the hardship, but he's using it to enable you to be mature, complete, and perfect, not lacking anything in this life. He's developing something inside of you. That's way easier to, to say than it is to apply. But this is our choice today, to consider it pure joy. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Blessed are those who mourn. See, time and perseverance helps us to do multiple things in the journey towards comfort. And I want, if you don't hear anything else today, I pray that you hear this. Time and perseverance helps us to do multiple things. It helps us to arrive at surrender. Do you hear that today? Yeah. Time and perseverance helps us to arrive at a place of surrender, saying, I give it to you, God. I fully surrender. That surrender leads us to trust. When we fully surrender our lives to God, then we are in a place of complete trust in God. Are you still with me? Yeah. That trust leads us to peace. Because we're, not long, we're no longer holding it on our shoulders. We now have given God. We say we, we surrender. Now we trust you. And now we have peace in our hands. We hold on to this peace. And can I tell you that peace leads us to comfort. Because we know we're not alone. We no longer have to carry this thing by ourselves. See, comfort is the relief in this life to endure till we arrive in heaven. This is the promise that God has for each and every one of you. This comfort that God has. Matthew 5, 4. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. If, if I were to make up my own translation, the Alex translation, it would say, blessed are those who process through their hurts, disappointments, trials, and pains, discouragement, 
for they will find relief, encouragement, and or what they desire. Blessed are those. See, we can't run from the process. We have to embrace it. We can't run from the process. We actually have to embrace it. Jesus shows us this time and time again through scripture, but one of the best examples of it was Jesus raising Lazarus from the dead. It's said that Lazarus is the one that Jesus loves. He's one of the, the key people in scripture that's mentioned as one of the ones that he loves. And all of a sudden, I'm going to read a couple of these verses. John 11, 1, it says this, now a man named Lazarus was sick. He was from Bethany, the village of Mary and Martha. This Mary, whose brother, Lazarus, now lay sick, was the same one who poured perfume on the Lord and wiped his feet with her hair. So we have to understand this. Lazarus is sick. He's not dead at this point. So the sisters sent word to Jesus, Lord, the one you love is sick. When he heard this, Jesus said, the sickness will not end in death. No, it's for God's glory so that the son, God's son may be glorified through it. Now Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus. So when, G when he heard that Lazarus was sick, he stayed where he was for two more days. Because that makes sense. I love, I love that family. Mm. I remember the time when she poured out all that and, and just cleaned my feet. And I, I love that family. I'm, gonna, I'm just going to stay here for two more days. He's sick. He's dying. Everyone's fearful. I'm going to hang here for two more days. Such an interesting dynamic. Why is Jesus waiting? In verse 17, on his arrival, Jesus found that Lazarus had already been in the tomb for four days. So more time goes by. Jesus rocks up to the scene. His friend is wrapped in grave clothes, dead, behind a stone. Verse 19, many of the Jews had come to Martha and Mary to comfort them in their loss of their brother. I want you to see this right now. If Jesus would have just run and healed Lazarus or even done one of his crazy like heal from a distance thing that he did a couple times, there wouldn't have been the opportunity for the church or for the people of God to come alongside Mary and Martha and comfort. Interesting, isn't it? Not that that's the main point of this story, but it's such a beautiful thing that Jesus, instead of just Meeting the needs in a moment, he left room for people to use their gifts and to comfort and to love and to surround and empower them with this love. So then 32, when Mary reached the place where Jesus was and saw him, she fell at the feet and said, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. When Jesus saw her weeping and the Jews who had come along with her also weeping, he was deeply moved in spirit and troubled. Where have you laid him? He asked. Come and see, Lord, they replied. And Jesus wept. This is a powerful scripture. Verse 35, I think the reason Jesus wept is he had compassion. See, compassion simply means taking pity on others' misfortune, misfortunes or carrying their sorrow. Jesus was so present that in this moment, he took upon their troubles. And this is just a great example of what he did on the cross. In the moment, in real time, there he is taking on the troubles, holding the same sorrow, taking compassion. Yeah. 
of these people. I want you to understand that God is present. He is there. And he's in the midst of your hardship. And when we mourn, it shows our absolute need for Jesus. See, we have to understand that Jesus had to give time. He gave time. He gave the ability for people to mourn until he came in to meet the needs of the people. See, understand this. Isaiah 53, 3 says that Jesus is a man of sorrows and that he's acquainted with our grief. He cares enough to come alongside you in the journey and journey it through with you. He'll be right there to carry your burdens because he's acquainted with it. And for us to know that, it helps us in the time through hardship and pain as we trust God. If we finish up this story, if you're aware of it, Jesus calls Lazarus out of the tomb. And there comes Lazarus, like a zombie. And he comes out and he's raised from the dead. Now, I just want to say this, that not every one of our stories are going to end with this insanely massive miracle where the one you love comes walking out. But we can have faith like that. And can I tell you, even if Lazarus wouldn't have raised from the dead, Mary and Martha were surrounded by God-loving, God-fearing people that supported and loved. And they would have made it through it because of the people that surrounded them. Are you with me, church? It was last, this last Christmas, and this is going to be a hard story to share. Uh, don't judge me. Is that okay to say? Yeah. Yeah. Casey's not going to judge me. Everybody else is going to judge me. <laughs> we, uh, Brianna had been asking me for years, basically, to get a dog for our kids. <laughs> and uh, so here comes Christmas time, and the Loudons just had, you know, a round of puppies. And we hit them up, and we said, we want to buy one of your puppies. And so we, we planned it all perfect. On Christmas Eve, after Christmas Eve services, I ran over there, grabbed this little puppy. We put it in a box, and in the morning, the kids opened up their puppy, and it was a beautiful, one of the coolest moments of Christmas we've ever experienced with our kids. The rest of Christmas kind of sucked, if we're going to be honest, because you got a brand new puppy that you've never had in your house before. We also invited a ton of people over who didn't have anywhere to go on Christmas. So I'm like cooking, and I'm like, you know, with one hand taking the dog out and Brianna's like running around trying to rally the kids. I mean, we got four kids. We had, I think like 20 people come over for Christmas. It was crazy. So I, you know, Christmas was interesting, but that moment was beautiful. <laughs> we're kind of in a crazy season in life. We're going to be honest. Like we planted a church nine months ago. It's still a very new city to us and we're still getting used to it and, and figuring this place out. And we also have four kids, six and under. And so we're figuring that out. We're only nine years into marriage, so we're still figuring marriage out. You know what I'm saying? Anybody else? And uh, we threw a dog in the mix. I don't know what we were thinking, but we threw this dog in the mix of this whole thing. And it was really, really crazy. And it was a couple months into having this dog, I was going a little nuts because my morning routine was shot. Uh, I was getting up early, taking this dog out. I was getting up in the middle of the night, taking this dog out. Brianna was taking the dog out. Uh, it was kind of scratching and hurting our kids and all this stuff. And I'm like losing my mind. I was actually dreading every day when I would come home. And Brianna goes, she goes, Alex, I think we got to get rid of the dog. And I'm like, thank God. <laughs> and so we shifted off to Seattle. My brother now has it. And praise God, we don't got a dog anymore. Still love the Loudons. Thank you guys for that dog. But um, we talk with our kids and 
they were all in favor of it. They said, okay, we understand. And it, it was that day that our kids are weeping at home. Oh, we lost our puppy. Experiencing this mourning and grieving. Still to this day, if they see a puppy, they go, oh, are we ever going to get Sparrow back? That was our dog saying. It breaks my heart, and I know it breaks Brianna's heart, and she still mourns over this dog, too. I'm just like, praise God, no dog, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> and we're never getting animals again, never. We don't need them. You can have as many stuffed animals as you want. We'll get a robo-dog or something. I'll get you one of those vacuums that rolls around and put a dog on top of it. <laughs> you can feed it as many invisible treats as you want. But. You know, in so many ways... This is how we react in moments of mourning. We don't understand. Yet there's a bigger plan at play. Like I told my kids, I said, I, I'm really struggling right now to maintain what I'm doing with having this dog. So this isn't necessarily for you, but there's a bigger plan. They didn't fully understand that. Now, aren't you grateful that God doesn't need to figure himself out? Aren't you grateful that God already knows and he knows what's good for you and all that? He doesn't have to do what Alex Damari did and that is like figure this out and do a test trial run with it. But God knows what's going to be better for you. And I knew that it was going to be better for my family. It was going to be better for our church if I didn't have this extra responsibility that was taking away more of my capacity from our church, from our family, from our life together. I want to encourage you that God knows and he sees that. And there might be things that you question God on why, and you're still mourning. Why is this gone? I don't know what's going on. And maybe he didn't take it away. Maybe he did. That's a tough thing. I don't want to say, if, it, if it's something that's evil, of course he didn't do it. But there are things that God maybe withholds, blessings that you're praying for. God, maybe he withheld it until it was the right time for you to handle it. Does that make sense? We have to understand God has a plan in the midst of this. We've got to trust it. And I love what Isaiah 55, 11 says. So my word that goes from my mouth, I will, it will not return to me empty, but will accomplish what I desire and achieve the purpose for which I sent it. God's word does not go without void. It is there to accomplish what he desires. I'm going to invite the band up as I conclude. I know it's been a little longer today. Sorry, this is Mother's Day. I'm trying to get all these thoughts in here, and I could probably preach five more messages just on this, but we're just going to leave it here, and someday you all have to come back for my series, Blessed Are Those Who Mourn, and it's going to be really heavy, but we're going to do it together. I think there's four things to do when you're mourning. I'm going to go through these really fast. The four things are to gain a new perspective on your trials. What is God trying to teach me in the midst of this? We don't have to look at the trial like it's just the trial and this is what it is. We can also get a new perspective on it. When we're in the midst of mourning, how can we process through this? Gain a new perspective on your trials. How is he going to use that to help others? I love it. Uh, what 2 Corinthians 1 verse 4 says. Or let's do three and four. Praise be to God, our Father, Lord Jesus, the Father of compassion and the God of all comfort who comforts us in our troubles so that we can comfort those in any trouble with comfort we ourselves receive from God. We can understand in the midst of trial that in the midst of the morning that God is actually gonna use that process for you to help others process their hurt and pain. 
gain a new perspective on your trials. Number two, be patient and wait. Mourning takes time. God's timing is always perfect and not ours. We can't explain it, but we got to trust it. Just be patient and wait. It will take time. Number three, remember the faithfulness of God. See, the main reminder of God's current faithfulness is his past faithfulness. Let me say it again so we get it. The main reminder of God's current faithfulness is his past faithfulness. The faithfulness he's shown us time and time again in our lives, in the lives of our friends, in the lives of the people in the word of God. That's the main reminder of his faithfulness. So remember the faithfulness of God. And fourth, surround yourself with faith-filled people. See, God puts people around you to help you in the in-between. There's a couple this last week that's been going through a very hard time in our church, a big time of mourning and grieving. You know what, I, I watched them do something that not a lot of people do when they're going through something like this. They surrounded themselves with people. They grabbed their friends, they grabbed their family, and are constantly getting with other people, figuring out ways to laugh and find joy through the trial, to be encouraged, to push their way through. Surround yourself with faith-filled people. See, you're not meant to do this thing alone. In actuality, your mourning with others enables you to learn in the midst of your hardship. Blessed are those who mourn, for they'll be comforted. See, the Beatitudes are simply the outworking of this life that we're meant to live. Lives of contentment, purpose, fulfillment, and true godly happiness. When we truly take time to process through our mourning, find godly relief in this life and that brings us back to James 1 2 through 4 and I want to add verse 12 in there this time so consider it pure joy my brothers and sisters whenever you face trials of many kinds because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance let perseverance finish its work so that you may be mature and complete not lacking anything verse 12 blessed is the one who perseveres under trial Having stood the test, that person will receive the crown of life that the Lord has promised for those who love him. Do you see this church? That word blessed is the same word in the Beatitudes. Fulfillment of life, contentment, happiness. Blessed is the one who perseveres under trial because of having stood the test, that person will receive a crown of life that the Lord has promised to those who love him. Heaven awaits. And yes, we're meant to live out heaven on earth, on earth as it is in heaven. Let your will be done, God. But just know that the morning may last for a night, but the joy is coming in the morning. Joy is coming. Would you stand to your feet? Love what Revelations 21, 4 through 5 says. He will wipe away every tear from their eyes. There will be no more death or mourning or crying or pain. The old order of things has passed away. He who is seated on the throne is saying, I'm making everything new. And then he said, write this down, for these words are trustworthy and true. This is what awaits us. You might be going through the hardest thing of your life and or even in this moment something has come to the surface that you realized you've pushed under the rug can i tell you that god has a plan and he's got a purpose and he's going to use it and someday 
we're going to stand in heaven together. Where it says in verse 4, he will wipe away every tear from your eyes. There will be no more death or mourning, crying or pain. For the old order of things has passed away. There's hope for us. There's hope for your future. And in this life, we will experience hardship. But we got to learn to process our way through it. We got to learn to choose in those moments to lean into God, to lean into the process. Because can I tell you, blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. There is relief in this life for you. There is undeniable joy. There is encouragement that God has for you. There is the desire of your heart that he wants to unfold. And he's just asking you, if you want to find fulfillment in this life, lean into the process of this life. And someday the goal in heaven is there'll be no more tears, no more weeping, no more mourning. Is that all right, church? Can we say amen to that? Amen, amen. If you close your eyes and bow your heads, if there's anybody in here you heard me talking about, Jesus and his love for us and what he's done for us and how much he cares and how he even loved Lazarus enough to come and go through the process and raise him from the dead. You'd say, man, I haven't entered into this relationship with God. I want to give you just a moment to acknowledge that and start this journey with him. If that's you, I'm going to simply count to three and this is just going to be you acknowledging that you want to give your life to Jesus and this will be the first step in the process. One, Know that God loves you so much he gave his one and only son for you. That whosoever believes in him will not perish but have eternal life. This is the first step in your journey to enable your mourning to be fully comforted by God. Two, the Bible says that today is the day of salvation so you don't need to wait any longer. Three, if that's you, would you just raise your hand? Would you just acknowledge me? You want to give your life to Jesus? You want to return to the Lord? Come on, and I want to pray for a second group of people in this room. And that's all of us. Just want to ask all of us, just in response to this message, just to raise our hands, kind of like we did in the beginning, as an act of surrender. And I know this can be weird, but it's an act of surrender. It's a posture of surrender. Sometimes we got to align our physical with what's happening inside of us. Lord, right now, I pray over every person in this room. I ask that in the midst of hardship, trial, circumstances, that we would learn to mourn, that we would process through this thing. We would lean into the process you have in front of us. And I pray, God, that we would find comfort. I pray we would arrive at that place. I speak comfort over every heart in this room things that people didn't even know they were mourning right now. Lord, I pray comfort over every heart in this room. Jesus, when you left, you said you're sending someone better who you call the comforter. So Holy Spirit, we welcome you in the hearts of every person in this room. We speak your comfort. We speak your peace. We speak your joy. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen, amen. Well, we love you guys so much. We're so thankful you came out on Mother's Day. I went a little long. That was a lot to get through, and you guys were champions. So thank you for hanging in there. And we just want you to know we love you and we cherish you. And if you did in this moment uh, give your life to Jesus, we want to welcome you to the family. I encourage you to grab a decided card or go out to the booth in the lobby. We'd love to get connected with you and walk you through this journey. Um, 
If, also, if you're new, make sure you fill out that card because there's a lot we want to journey with you on. And uh, so happy Mother's Day to all the mothers. We love you so much. To all the mothers, we have a little gift for you out at the Connect booth. So make sure you just walk by and snatch that little gift up. And uh, we pray that you enjoy your day and that you're blessed in Jesus' name. Amen. We'll see you soon, Grace City Tampa. Thank you for listening to the Grace City Tampa podcast. Stay tuned for more weekly messages from our church.